I guess that's good in the event of unscrupulous behavior. Mm-hmm. It's so important to have scruples. Yes. I often just look at my drawer full of scruples, and I'm so glad I have them. What's a scruple look like? <laughs> Some rigatoni, actually. Just yeah, I was going to say, there's sort yeah. of a, maybe like a fusilli that's got a little bit of a, yeah, 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 yeah. There's a. It's the radiator looking one. Oh, oh yeah, that actually, I like that. Because they can kind of stack. Mm-hmm. Draw full of scruples. And I'm ready for winter. So many. So many. So many. Damn books. Happy November to you. Happy All Souls Day. Did you spend the day in church as, as we all did? Is it a church day? All Souls, is that just a, that's something, right? I had to go into two churches recently and I didn't catch on fire in either of them. So mm. <laughs> off day. Yeah. He wasn't paying attention. I see. We're, we're talking the day after um, Halloween. Yeah. Did you have a nice Halloween? I did. Did you? I did. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it at that. People who listen to this podcast probably love books. And if you love books, you're probably going to love Scribd. Forbes and TechCrunch and Wired all called Scribd Netflix for books. And that means that there are millions of ebooks, audiobooks, magazines, and more that you get with your subscription to this incredible service. You also get thoughtfully curated editor's picks and smart recommendations based on what you've read. Scribd is incredibly easy to use, really fun. I used it to listen to Lisa Letts' Spellman series, and that was really wonderful. So I always get a warm feeling when I see the app icon on my phone. And you too can use Scribd right now. Scribd is offering our listeners a free 60-day trial. Go to try.scribd.com smdb for your free trial. That's try.scribd.com slash smdb to get 60 days of Scribd for free. No, uh, we, Sarah and I dressed up like um, Brody and Quint from Jaws and mm -hmm. put Ramona in a shark costume. How'd she do with the costumes? Oh, she doesn't. I mean, as long as it's not a hat, she doesn't care. Mm. She All doesn't right. like hats, which is too sure. bad because she, she looks real cute in a cowboy hat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing Ziggy is, is uh, not a cost, costume dog. No. She... um. She does like a like a sweater in the wintertime, but she also will spend the first 20 minutes after you've put it on her mm -hmm. trying to get it off. And sure. every once in a while she manages, every once in a while she like somehow manages to contort herself. And so half of it sort of comes and then she's stuck. Yeah. Think about that stuff a lot when I see dog costumes and I'm like, if, the, if it's like a jumpsuit or something, shouldn't all the stuff be underneath the dog? Because mm. when the, you know what I mean? The head faces one way. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. These know. are the things that I think about here in the woods. I'm just like, what about dog costumes? 
Mm. There were a lot of dog costumes in Woodstock as well. There were a lot of dogs out and and partying as there. I saw a, a chicken, a dog dressed like a chicken, okay. run towards a child dressed as a chicken. <laughs> and that was a good Halloween moment. See, this yeah, is the, these, like this that. is some of the gorgeous things you see in a city Halloween. Yeah. With motorists honking because it was in the middle of the crosswalk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I saw a, uh, an elderly Batman racing after a very young Robin. Sure. And that was more or less the most excitement. What did you do? I did Greg Davies, host of the British <laughs> television program Taskmaster, which I have recommended on this program previously. Yes, you have. And uh, we went to we went to not one but two parties. Ooh. And I had I gave out tasks to people. So fun. A lot of people were like, I don't, I don't understand. Particularly <laughs> at the second party, they were just like, you want me to do this thing? And I was like, yeah. And then people would just do it. I will say at the first party that I went to, there were a number of, of uh, like-minded literary folks. And when I gave them tasks, they were just like, all right, got it. And like went off and like took the like 10 minutes that was allotted and like did a, th it was, it was impressive. Mm, that's, that's fun. It was tough. We had our in-laws here until Thursday. Mm -hmm. And it, it, we both, like Danny and I were like, we should get out the box of Halloween stuff. We should start putting together ideas. And uh, really snuck up on us this yeah. year. So there was a bit of like, okay, we can either rehash something or do something that's low-key, easy, and weird. Mm -hmm. And so we did that. Danny was a unicorn. She has a, a unicorn onesie. Sure. It has a big horn on it and everything she did some cool makeup wonderful that was fun yeah that's great sounds nice are you drink what are you drinking you've got a drink i do i have a glass of balmore 15 mm. single malt scotch sounds because it nice. is uh as we all know winter now it's very Almost. cold yeah the time will it's change. Below so. freezing tomorrow night. Oh, probably. That's yeah. I guess yeah. Winter's there. What are you drinking? I'm drinking a drink that is really nice, but it's also kind of making me sad because <laughs> uh, the main spirit is mango brandy. Whoa! It's really nice that um, mango this, brandy. Yeah, and it's. Um, a manufactured product. I didn't infuse this myself, mm -hmm. um, but it's really, really nice. And um, it's sad because one of my absolute favorite restaurants like closed their doors over the weekend. Yeah. At Hunky Dory, which I just loved. I can't believe it. Loved it there. And, um, but they were selling off their bar. Um, and <laughs> this is a very nice bottle of mango brandy. And they were... You know, it was like 10 bucks. <laughs> yeah. And so it's delicious. So it's mixed with lime juice, simple syrup, some um, spicy fire bitters, and soda water. Nice. And I'm just calling it leaves a change in. Yeah. Because they are changing. To everything. <laughs> turn, turn, turn. Exactly. Curious.
curious if um is October country because you've finished your all of these reads. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is yeah, that yeah. scarier for you away from people like in your quiet house on your quiet street? Hmm. Or is it less scary because there's just fewer people around that might be the horrible character in the novel? Right. That's kind of tough. I feel like there's a there's a third factor, which is my horror tolerance on the page has gone up. Oh, right. So wait, do you watch scary movies? Um, I like a handful of scary movies. I will get scared during scary movies and sometimes I will pause the scary movie um, in order to like go walk around, have a nice time, get my <laughs> blood pressure down a little bit. Um, I like a I like an art house scary movie, an A twenty four scary movie. Mm-hmm. But you're not Tim Burton Sleepy Hollow, Trick or Treat, like things that I'm not I'm not a big like slasher. Um, you don't want to see the scare. latest thing that Jason's up to. Yeah, yeah. I like in I'll read the Wikipedia entry sometimes. Uh-huh. <laughs> we talked about this a little bit with Mona Awad. That Sarah Grand book, Come Closer. Yeah. Definitely the scariest thing I've read this year. I reread it just for the hell of it and still scare the daylights out of me. Yeah. And every once in a while, I will read something that really sends a chill up my spine. But so often it's not the scarier stuff to me these days really lives in a more cosmic realm. Mm. The like Laird Barron, John Langan, um, the stuff that is uh, Emily Hughes said this thing to me once uh, that like she thinks about horror as a way to essentially um, like it's exposure therapy. So like you can be scared of something, but in a safe place, mm-hmm. sort of in a like uh, a just in case fashion. Sure. Or like a roller coaster, like mm-hmm. it's a safe thrill. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like at this point, it's even sort of, I don't know, something like possession or um, a serial killing slasher or something. There is, particularly in media, there's often like a, there's a, a sense of right and wrong and like morality that comes into play, which it's kind of Judeo-Christian, but the thing about cosmic horror, like the the way post Lovecraft stuff, the non racist stuff, uh-huh. um, has so much of the just like, nope, some crazy fucking shit could happen for no reason because of sort of like unimaginable forces that sort of live outside of our realm or something. That yeah. feels scary to me in the way that like, it feels very. Um, makes a lot of sense to me that I have glommed onto this over the last, let's say five years. Yeah. Because I feel like there's a lot of incomprehensible behavior happening. That's very scary to me because I can't wrap my mind around it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to think of cosmic horror and like where it comes from um, to me, because I don't quite know what, where this like, shooting past the like bounds of the universe and you're actually describing the fact that you're shooting past the bounds of the universe Mm -hmm. you know i i recognize it specifically in it because he does it two times yeah 
And I think one time it's very effective and the second time it's less effective. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, you know, I guess he does it in 112263 as well. It's like the the beyond oh, yeah. time fear space, which is also, I think it is like the scariest thing that he can do, but it's also like your mileage may vary with how scary that actually is. Yeah, it requires a real, um, you have to twist your brain in a, like a very particular way. I also, I think my, as I mentioned, my in-laws were here and my mother-in-law does not understand the appeal of horror. Like I sent her, she's a writer and I sent her this horror novella that I've been working on. And she was like, great writing, some of it, but I just, I had to read it like literary fiction and approach it like literary fiction because I just could not make sense of why people were behaving the ways that they were behaving or like why the story had to do this. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are a lot of people who go even to that place. They're just like, why would you want to be scared? Yeah. You know, like sort of letting in, letting in the scare is one thing. And then sort of getting to a point where the scare that you're letting in is sort of like the unknowable chaos of the universe. Yeah. Yeah. I I read your, you have a newsletter about reading um, and you're reading that you, and you were talking about um, being a little disappointed that you weren't reading as much October country as you wanted this year, but then being like, well, why am I, why am I confining this reading to this one month? we've talked about like reading challenges before and the sort of the, like the ways that we set goals for ourselves are sort of like, sometimes that's useful when you're in a reading rut or something and you're like, Oh, I know that I can read this and get out of it. Right. But sometimes those, those things that felt fun, you know, the catch ups that I was doing where I was like, I'm going to read five or six novels by this author who I never read in school. Mm hmm it's just less interesting to me now to constrain my reading in that way, which is also nice. Cause then it's, it is fun to just read spooky shit for the month of October. And it was fun this year. Um, but that reminder of like, I don't have to be done. Like that book that I really wanted to read that I didn't get to. I can just read it now. Yeah. Like that's okay. You know? Right. It doesn't have to be held on the shelf till next October. It's not a Christmas decoration. <laughs> it's a little, there's like Christmas stuff does feel much more tied seasonally. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I'm not in Christmas yet. Unlike um, the Lowe's here in Ulster County, which I sent you a photograph in late September <laughs> that already had Christmas shit out. And even you said this is too much too early, you know, <laughs> it's going to start coming in now, I think for me, but. Even, you know, yeah. I'm still in big book land. I, I always like big books in fall. Oh, yeah. You know, I read The New France and, and really enjoyed it. Nice. And, um, of course, I loved the Ruth Ozeki. And yeah. I plan on... I'm also reading the new Amor Tolls. Oh, cool. The Lincoln Highway, which is another big, fun adventure novel. Yeah. I'm... It's um, read by the same person who read Beautiful Ruins. Oh, cool. That Jess Walter novel. 
Uh-huh. And um, it's just fun to be hearing this guy's voice again. It's also Marin Ireland is another voice in this, and she's Hell yeah. in Why the Last Man. So it's fun to have her in oh, my yeah. life in many different ways. <laughs> she's She might be my favorite actress. I think she's fantastic. She's so good, and she's such a great audio. She, she gets to do some really fun audiobooks. Cool. I did listen to A Tale for the Time Being, read by Ruth Ozeki, after she was talking about how much fun she had reading it on that episode. Yeah. And, oh, it really is a completely different reading experience. Yeah, it's that... so nice to be back in that universe. You know, it's it, it really is an amazing book. That's cool that it gave you a um, sort of like a double header a little bit. Like you got to re-experience the book, not quite for the first time. Right. But like it's it's fun when you listen to it or you experience it in a different way and it feels different. I also tried to read the new Steingart novel, Our Country yeah. Friends. And I just had to put it away because I, I found out the answer to do I want to read a novel about the pandemic um <laughs> right now? And the answer <laughs> is no. Yeah. You know, he was having fun and it was really bouncy, but I just I, I couldn't be reading about like people's feelings on masks and social distancing. I just it wasn't. <laughs> I'm not there yet. You know, it's funny. We we so often um, talk about fiction in this show, mm-hmm. just because that's we're reading so much of it. But that that book and the handful of pandemic novels that definitely feel like they are coming soon like that the john scalzi book that's coming out next year that's about kaiju but it's like starts the beginning of the pandemic huh um i it's a little bit like all of the bob woodward trump books yeah you know there are like there is an audience for the like tell me about everything that happened last month Mm -hmm. that i feel like I feel pretty safe in saying that like you and I are not, and we want a little bit of a historical remove because we're still feeling the very vivid effects of living through it the first time. Right. It still feels like a raw wound. Yeah. It's a different kind of horror. (laughs) Yeah. You got anything good recently? Danny and I did our October, um, nope, All Hallows Read gifting. Um, oh right which was fun this is like your halloween version of saint jordy day yeah this kind of started first i realize and it's because of um it's because of neil gaiman Mm. as with so many things but he's i don't know there was like circa 2014 because that's why we gave away books at moose mask too um he was like what if instead of candy, we gave away books? <laughs> yeah. Get the same treatment as people who gave out apples and toothbrushes. Raisins. Yeah. Um, raisins. Raisins. Raisins might be the worst Halloween gift. Toothbrush. Honestly, I need one at some point. Apples. As we get older, we all know apples mm. are fucking delicious. Sure. Raisins, though, on Halloween, it's like. So you want to give me something sweet. You're just being an asshole. About it. <laughs> what could, did you guys give out any candy? We did a little bit, little 
Butterfingers and um, Baby Ruth Crunch. Uh-huh. You know, nice, pretty classic, and I'm glad to have them <laughs> myself. Yeah. So forget you. Oh, these are my hundred grands. <laughs> I'm, I'm rich in tiny hundred grands. You did too, I assume. Yeah, we. Um... You didn't give out scary reads to the, to the neighborhood children. No. Will you please give me feedback on my novella? <laughs> <laughs> There's your trick or treat. That's pretty scary, right? <laughs> um, it's on no, a thumb drive. It should work. The little, the little um, come back to my, if I have a dongle, if you need <laughs> um, like three musketeers and Milky Ways and that, that family of chocolate product. Very nice. You asked me if I got any good books. I did. I'm really excited about our friend Sasha Fletcher's Be Here to Love Me at the End of the World. Yeah. Out from Melville Press in February. Um, This book is already getting a lot of fun talking about it and such ecstatic sentences um so energetic this person is sasha is not afraid of the exclamation point yeah and i am so excited for him in novel form because he's an incredible poet yeah and then um i got ruth ozeki wrote this little book for restless books called the Uh face a time code about like staring into the a mirror and writing what she saw um which i'm really interested in and only came upon it after looking at her work and um it's always fun to buy things from restless books i also love a tiny pocket size like this it's like a yeah it's cute and then i'm so excited about this sarah gran who we've talked about at length on this show she is starting her new press called Dreamland Books. And she, her first novel will be the, hers, uh, The Book of the Most Precious Substance, which is about a rare book dealer uh, and a book that promises great sexual pleasure to whoever who reads it. Uh, that sounds insane, and I can't wait to read it. It actually kind of sounds like a Scarlett Thomas novel. Yeah, there's like, yeah, it's got that twisted thing to it so i'm really excited about that i i anytime i finish sarah grant i miss her i want another one so i'm so excited that this is coming out and that she's doing it herself it feels cool yeah i like um i like to see authors who i like just being like fuck it i'm gonna try Let's something do a cool yeah. yeah and it's like hell yeah i'm there here's 24 dollars. sounds great and then i have a little story um so there was this book I saw on some list a long time ago and it stuck out to me. It's something about like women in publishing, a novel about women working in publishing. And I couldn't mm-hmm. remember, is it in the seventies and the sixties and the fifties and the forties? It was just like, tried to find it, but all I have is like publishing women. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty rough Google search. Not going to work. Um, and so I sort of gave it up and thought like, look, if this book, this book will find me <laughs> if I, if I'm meant to read it. And um, on Instagram, Philly Book Girl um, uh-huh. had put this book, The Best of Everything by Rana Jaffe, 
in her Instagram stories. And it's a book written in 1958 about the time period, about five women working in publishing. It was finally, it was like, there, there it is. Nice. That's great. So I got that. I mean, and it's, I, I haven't received it yet. It's in the mail, but I'm excited to finally have this um, mystery solved. That's so fun. That like, that your brain was just waiting dormant for you to see. And then it's like, ding. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So I have a few books. I've gotten a few. But that's fine. It's fine to have some books. It's always fine to have some books. What about you, Drew? Did you get anything good recently? I did. Um, so I gave Danny the new Clairvay Watkins uh. for All Hallows Read. Because the title was just way too good to pass up. I love you, but I've chosen darkness. A, might hands down be the best title of the year. Maybe the best title ever. That's an exceptionally good title. Um, but it also feels like the kind of thing that I would say to my wife as a joke at some point, And that she would be like, I think this is a joke. Uh, a, and so that, that felt right. Isn't there a band? Is, uh, is there? Yeah. There, th this is something that I thought about when I saw the title. I think it's an amazing, it, whatever the words are, but there was a band, I Love You But I've Chosen Darkness, that, you know, put out some stuff. That's, oh, post-punk revival band from Austin, Texas. You know, they put out oh. an album on Secretly Canadian, which is a great little label. They're still active. Yeah. I wonder how they feel about that. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a great title. I think it's a great band name. That's hilarious. Their debut EP was produced by Spoon frontman Britt Daniel. Yeah. Well, I need to go listen to them immediately. Yeah. You're going to like them. I, I think you will. Um, speaking of Spoon, I'm just going to throw this out there. Pre-ordered the new Spoon record the minute that the email showed up in my inbox. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was so fast it's also called <laughs> lucifer on the sofa which felt appropriate for the time of year that's cool. um it comes out sometime next year wasn't even paying attention at some point it's just going to show up in my mailbox and i'm going to be thrilled see i love um, that i love that yeah it's happened to me every once in a while recently i guess because of supply chain issues where something it'll be long enough that i am like did i request this did i order this did i do with it and then something shows up, and I'm like, hey, there it is. Um, yeah. But then Danny gave me uh, Grievers by Adrienne Marie Brown. Mm. It's her debut work of fiction or like of long form fiction. Um, it's being published by AK Press, which is this like little anarchist press. Um, and it's the first in they're they're doing an imprint inspired by the ethos of Octavia E. Butler. Um, and they're calling the imprint Black Dawn. And it's like all speculative, weird horror. Um, and this book, I know very little about it. And I'm going to try to go into it completely blind. But it has something to do with um, a plague. Mm. But sort of, it seems like it's a bit more uh, fantastical than horror. But 
like Margaret Kiljoy is publishing the next book in the imprint. And I think it's like a big epic fantasy, but they wrote that um, great series of horror novellas for tour.com. Right. So I feel like it's going to be a cool, like I'm excited to be in on the ground floor too. That's awesome. Yeah. Start collecting. Good title. One thing that I am finding difficult, as we've discussed, trying not to bring so many books into the home as one only has so much space, regardless of how big your home is, honestly. At some point, you got to make some tough decisions. Um, And it's hard for me to pass up my bookseller discount. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I did, but weren't sure if you wanted to talk about this yet, but you've, you are, you've crossed the, you're on the other side of the desk as it were. Yeah. I feel like it, it, part of it, when you were like, oh, should we do this? I was like, man, I don't know. I haven't even fucking done it yet. Right. And then it was just so nice. The one day that I've worked the bookstore so far, they could easily listen to this right. and be like, Oof, never mind. <laughs> right. We're just saying Drew became a bookseller. Come by Golden Notebook in Woodstock, New York on Tuesdays. And I will make you leave with more books than you intended to buy. You, this is your first book tour, bookstore job. This is my first bookstore job, yeah. Cool. It is truly, um, my therapist was like, he was excited to ask me how it went. Mm-hmm. And he was like, so like, I was like, yeah, man, it is everything I always dreamed it would be. And he was like, really? I was like, yeah, it is. It is exactly how I dreamed it would be. That's amazing. That's great. I mean, I feel like you, having spent so much time in bookstores, are more attuned to the realities. Yeah. And like having followed book Twitter, which includes bookstore Twitter, which includes bookseller Twitter, mm-hmm. you definitely know the the culture around it better than than some other, someone who might have been switching careers out of something else yeah it just it does feel like a um a logical extension of my like yeah sure why not why not put this talent to use recommending books which is more or less a useless talent when you think (laughs) about it but like here's one small way that i can you know i don't know be in touch with the community and give a big middle finger to the big man in the penis-shaped rocket ship. <laughs> and also, you know, it's not just an aptitude for book selling. It's like organizing books and enjoying the feel of a book in your hands. Oh, my God. They were like, so listen, if it's ever slow and there are plenty of days where it is, um, you know, it depends on how involved you want to get. But, like, you can rearrange stuff. You can walk around and, like, push all the books up to the front of the thing. And I had, like, already just started doing it as I was walking around. And they were like, Oh yeah, you're gonna fit in nice here. That's great. And I was like, yeah, this is just this is what I do when I walk into a bookstore, and right. I've just never gotten paid to do it before. It's like a, a record store employee, just like no matter what record store they're in, they have to push the records back. Yeah, yeah. In the crate, so that they're <laughs> facing. You've worked in a bookstore, right? I did. I I briefly, um, I w- it was one of these things where. I started working there. It was in San Francisco, Phoenix Books. I don't think the store exists anymore. Uh huh. And uh, they lost their lease in the very early in the time that I'd 
started Yikes. working there and but luckily we're able to just move down the street but That's lost cool. like a couple weeks of revenue and that was so it was a first in first out situation which was too bad because it was like I had moved to San Francisco. That was a job I got. And I was like, this is going to be my life. And then yeah. three weeks later, it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but a beautiful, beautiful three weeks. Yeah. You know, I, I loved working at that bookstore and I would have loved to continue. Who knows what would have happened in my life if I had been allowed to continue working at a bookstore. Maybe I wouldn't have moved to New York and become a literary agent. Who knows? Yeah, you would have been, you would have had a conglomerate of bookstores in the Bay Area and would have poisoned Jeff Bezos at some point, probably. Mm. With a poison book. Oh, like one of those. A little bit. uh, A little bit of poison on every page. uh Uh-huh. And then, and then Kenneth Branagh as Hercule Poirot would have shown up with his mustache and been like, hello, you are the killer. And be pointing at himself because he caused it. (laughs) (laughs) I know that we all Zikular inside ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Do you have any recommendations for the good people? I do. I have just one. Other than, you know, go work at a bookstore if you love books this much. Honestly, if you love books, <laughs> give it a shot. Yeah. Like the that. Bookstore jobs, they're on the floor. They're for. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, congratulations on this. I, I, I'm so excited for you. I just think. Thanks, man. I'm glad that you get to do this. It does feel like one of those, um, hey, that thing that's your dream, why not fucking try to do it? Yeah. What's the worst thing that happens? You don't do it. That's been the first 32 and a half years of my life. And then here we are. Right. Yeah. Okay. Recommendations. I read this book uh, a couple of months ago when it came out. I've been thinking about it pretty frequently. I'm so excited for the second book, which is coming out in January. But it's the first book is The Ninth Metal by Benjamin Percy. Mm. It is the first book in his Comet cycle. Uh, He's doing like a Jeff Vandermeer style thing, like Jeff did with the Southern Reach trilogy at FSG. All three books, um, or as he recently intimated, the first three books uh, released in the space of a year. It's like June, January, June, or something Mm. like that. Um, But unlike the Area X books, where there is sort of a linear plot line that's moving forward more or less these are sort of more um like shared world stories okay where a comet zipped through the solar system and a year later when the earth passed through the debris left by the comet a bunch of meteorites fell and delivered with them a bunch of crazy shit Mm. um and this book is about this metal that comes out of some of these uh, meteorites that is unlike anything that's on earth. And it's set in the, like the timber belt um, in 
Minnesota, I think, or Michigan. One of the two M states that's very far north has a lot of trees and a lot of logging. But it was just like a good, fast-paced, um, you know, like small town, big family, at the top of the food chain, kind of like... Um, it's basically the the sawmill subplot of the original Twin Peaks, but like just that stuff. Okay. Maybe a little bit of superhero stuff. It was great. And the second book, apparently it's set at the exact same time, but deals with like a weird new invasive species in the Pacific Northwest. Huh. Um, and the third book is something else entirely. And I just, I had so much fun reading and it's like a good propulsive thriller. And it feels like a great rebuttal to um, like Marvel style world building where you need to know everything. Like it, it seems as though each book is going to be a standalone, just sort of connecting into a larger web. Yeah. It's more um, Stephen like King it's coming up a lot. Else. Yeah. Or like, um, like Pando, the Miracozoidal network or whatever somebody's gonna correct me about this it's the like the fungal network yeah so anyway it's really cool i can't wait that there are two more books coming in the next eight months yeah that's awesome yeah how about you i'm gonna recommend just a podcast that i've been enjoying aaron summers and alex shepherd um <laughs> have this new Jonathan Franzen podcast called Mr. Difficult, where they're considering novel by novel his work, and they've just done an episode about the failed corrections pilot. They saw it. Yeah. I mean, whew. talk about blessed. <laughs> so that's pretty crazy. And it's um it's really it's just sort of fun because they're bringing a lot, it's not just snark. Mm -hmm. they're bringing a lot of genuine warmth to the conversation and sort of it kind of reminds me in spirit of like the Carl Wilson um, Celine Dion of just like so many people like this like why do people like this what is it that he's capturing and yeah. or not capturing at all as he does in his early work and it's also really nice to because I wondered about some of his early novels and it's nice to have a pretty <laughs> full discussion that makes me think like eh, maybe that's all I need yeah, I felt that way very much about strong motion. Mm -hmm. Which I was like, this sounds interesting to me. This sounds I could this, the back jacket copy is interesting. And I listened to that episode and I was like, ooh, phew. Yep. Okay, I'm set. But you know, I, I did enjoy Crossroads. And um, if he's your thing, he's doing a good job of doing the thing that he does. Um, I'm looking forward to it. The the podcast is great. And and Aaron Summers, who was on our podcast um is just a great person to have on a podcast she's a good twitter follow too yeah well onward and upward into your month of reading indeed are you Ooh, here's the here's the real the buzzer beater question for yeah. you you doing the nanorimo no no uh i i am glad that it exists <laughs> i think it's a cool network and i've always thought that nanorimo is is a neat thing for so many reasons, um, but I don't feel the need. I have my own writing practice that's my own and doesn't need to be talked about on Twitter. Twitter is the mind killer. Yes. 
Twitter's the little death. I will permit Twitter to pass over and through me. Ugh. No, no, no Twitter for me. <laughs> no Twitter prompt writing for me. Are you? I am, but in a way, like I've done it in the past where I've like joined up on the thing and and been talking on the community and doing and this is like I've been working on a project for a little while. It's at a place where I'm starting to type it up. And I had two friends who were like, are you doing NaNoWriMo? Because I want to do it. And I need an accountability buddy. And so That's nice. we're just doing a thing where we're just texting our daily word count to each other every day, even if it's zero, even if it doesn't hit the 1,200 words or whatever the goal is, as like just a, a month of writing accountability. Nice. Which feels like a, um, a more generous way to, what a weird, I get it because it's cold. And you want to go inside, but like there's Thanksgiving this month. Yeah. There's a, like, it's a tough month to dedicate writing every day, 1200 words. Yeah. And I, I, this is a big month to be getting ready. I mean, like supply chain stuff, people have been saying yeah. it on Twitter universe, but in the world, like try to buy your books from indies because like there's even, um, you know, Amazon's already slapping $10 charges on trying to get books on time to people. So yeah. if, if that's what's going on, like go to, go to an indie and, you know, you're, cause you're not even saving any money anymore. Right. Honestly, go to your indie. And if they don't have the thing that you want, a be kind and B <laughs> accept whatever their replacement recommendation is. Cause it is probably just as good of a book. Sure. You know, there are so many other, there are so many damn books. Oh, it's been a minute. Figure these things out now. Yeah. Before you, for all the so many damn books. Yeah. Oh, and also to the listeners, we love iTunes reviews. Um, and we appreciate when you support us on patreon.com slash SMDB. And we also appreciate when you interact with us on the social things, because those are the best types of social media interactions that we wish it's true was the only reason we were on there like the halcyon days yeah i loved a, a few people did really tell us what they were doing while they listened to the episode yeah um drying peppers and going on a run and um i really appreciate giving that. babies a bath if you wanted to send us what you were doing while you listened to this episode we love that take us back take us back <laughs> to those those sweet, sweet days. What the internet used to be for, damn it. Pretend it's Tumblr. Pour your heart out. Have a nice time. And tag well. <laughs> tag well. Tag well. Tag, 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 tag well. well. Tag, tag well to you. Tag well. <laughs>